Welcome to the Wisdom of Compassion, a podcast presented by White Conch Dharma Center. For today's episode, we will be featuring a teaching by Domo Geshe Rinpoche, the spiritual director of White Conch, titled Holding Powerful Motivations. Proper motivation serves as a powerful fuel for spiritual progress. Rinpoche covers the benefits of setting your virtuous intentions correctly, developing powerful motivations, and maintaining a virtuous mind throughout the day. Rinpoche also discusses the delicate techniques of building states of mind and how to bookmark them to return to at another time. I found this bookmarking technique to be essential to my personal meditations, and I hope that you find some value in this talk as well. Enjoy! Uh, tonight we're going to be, uh, I'm going to be talking about, uh, I'm going to be talking about powerful motivations. And uh, uh, they have uh, uh, these uh, seminars that you can go to uh, where you uh, uh, learn how to be a good car salesman. Or you learn how to be a, uh, a super nurse. Or you learn how to be the best accountant possible. The kind of motivations, which means that there must be, there must be something about, uh, there must be some connection uh, between the, uh, the, uh, the type of work or the type of activity that you need to do and uh, the type of motivation that needs to be uh, brought up. Huh? Isn't that so? And uh, when you have, uh, hmm, and when you have uh, uh, the uh, motivation that I'm going to be talking about tonight, uh, that in fact we're talking about uh, powerful Buddhist motivation. Powerful Buddhist motivation, yes? Uh, some things uh, regarding practice are a little bit more general, and I'm able to, I'm able to talk about those even with those of you uh, who are not currently uh, practitioners. And uh, one of those is the ability to arise in a form which allows you uh, to be a, uh, a practitioner of a high order. Uh, yes? Okay. Uh, even, yeah, okay. Even before you begin, even before you, uh, uh, you begin your meditation, uh, yes? Uh, there is a time period when you are thinking, now is the time I'm going to go and meditate. Huh? So there's a, uh, there's a window, there's a window of time that you are extricating yourself from uh, activities of the day and you are uh, extricating yourself uh, from uh, perhaps... Uh, uh, literally extricating yourself from uh, small children uh, that are around your knees uh, or the, uh, the, the, the pot that's ready to boil over and you say, now is my time. Now is the time I, I am going to meditate. Eh? Uh, this, uh, this is the time. This is your window of opportunity to begin to begin a process, to begin a process uh, where that uh, the, this preliminary preliminary, I'm going to say, uh, is one that culminates uh, when your seat hits the cushion. <laughs> All right, we always have we have uh, preparatory practices and preliminary practices that uh, we usually teach once you're sitting on the cushion. But I'm teaching you what happened, what happened to your mind. Uh, between the time that you say, I'm going to go now to meditate, and your uh, seat hits the seat, all right? <laughs> so, uh, when you are, uh, when you, uh, one, uh, one thing uh, that come important is the uh, residual, is the residual taste that you have uh, from your last meditation session. Now, ideally, that hasn't been that long. Uh, when... Uh, uh, meditators, meditators, not have to be long, long meditation, not have to be four, five, six hours, half hour, 45 minutes meditation in the morning, and uh, the same amount in the evening. For those of you uh, who are, if you have a terrible rush that day, that can be even abbreviated a little bit more. However, uh, uh, that meditation, that meditation that you got up from in your just previous 
uh, uh, session, that is a slightly transformed being, and they are the ones who have accomplished uh, uh, the activities uh, during that time period uh, when you are uh, working during that uh, usual like come like uh, 10, 12 hour uh, time period. So that is the one uh, that, uh, that got up from the cushion, got up from the cushion and started to move around and accomplish everyday activities. That is the one uh, who has the taste uh, for the next meditation session all ready to go, like that. And so uh, it's always very good uh, to give yourself uh, to give yourself uh, in the dedication, uh, to give yourself uh, congratulations, yes? So when you congratulate yourself, let's say it was just an ordinary meditation like that, still give yourself some kind of a, some kind of a thumbs up, I'm going to say, some kind of a little bit of a congratulations uh, for having accomplished that meditation session and uh, uh, you can look at it uh, like a little bit of a critique or you can say that was marvelous, that was absolutely marvelous. And in that way, and in that way, the one who was saying, I am going, uh, <clears throat> I am going now uh, to do my meditation, that one still has the flavor of the, uh, the previous uh, meditation session, yes? Uh, also come a little bit like this, uh, I say uh, the practice, uh, is a little bit like taking uh, uh, like these antibiotics that you should take uh, every 12 hours. Eh? And uh, uh, because you need to have this uh, constant flow of, uh, of medicine uh, throughout your, uh, your system. And uh, after 12 hours, uh, maybe this medicine start to fall away in its, uh, in its efficacy, as they say. And uh, uh, when that happened, uh, your mind start to forget. Your mind start to forget. And that's why, that's why we make a commitments to do the practice aside from any emotional well-being and, uh, and uh, enthusiasm. Uh, we make a commitment to do the practice every 12 hours. And in that way you have, uh, uh, that you don't have to, uh, uh, that you don't have to depend wholly on the, uh, on the enthusiasm, yes? Uh, I met a gentleman uh, who, oddly enough, is not here tonight, uh, uh, about a year ago, uh, who uh, only, medited, only meditated when he felt good. <laughs> and, uh, and in that way, if he not feel good, if he not feel good, then he not do any meditation at all. He had to feel good, and then he could do meditation. And uh, he meditated rarely, and uh, now I think he not, and, and now I think he not meditate at all, because that was his criteria that he had to feel good. So the uh, the commitment to do the practice uh, come as very very important. All right. Now, uh, this is something that uh, you and for those of you who have been listening to the teachings about the caretaker, about the work that you do in uh, as. Uh, as uh, outer beings in taking care of the inner process that's going on with your meditation, that uh, that work carefully done is, uh, is uh, allowing, uh, allowing your own growth. And as you grow, you are the one also, the caretaker experiences uh, joyful feelings and uh, all kinds of uh, marvelous attention that, uh, that they're getting, yes? And... Uh, in that way, in that way, the uh, 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 and in that way, uh, when you are preparing to do, when you are preparing to do your meditation, uh, there are uh, there are uh, levels and levels of determination that are being drawn out of you. Yes, uh, this come a, a little bit, little bit off the subject, but I have to go here. Uh, you are sending yourself uh, cues and clues all of the time about your own abilities, aren't you? That you have uh, that you have a uh, that you have a way of judging yourself. Hmm? 
And uh, in that way, in that way, uh, there are some people who say about themselves, uh, I'm always uh, starting something, but I have a hard time finishing. Yes? Or like uh, New Year's resolution time come along, and they're going to quit smoking, they're going to lose weight, they're going to start meditating, they're going to start uh, doing something, uh, they're going to stop uh, uh, like that. Yeah. Anyway, whatever it is. Uh, they're going to uh, accomplish something new, and then within a very short time, they fail. They fail. And that is kind of a, kind of a reversal of a, uh, of a commitment, because what they've done is promise to do something for themselves, and then uh, they break that promise. And in that, way, uh, in that way, they start to think of themselves as someone who does something but can't finish it. They always start, but they can't finish. And hey, that's what I'm like. All right? Now, that's okay. That's okay when you're 12 years old. Uh, but uh, people who are like that and who say that they're going to meet you for dinner on Friday night at such and such a restaurant and they don't show up and uh, they, don't, uh, they don't keep their friends very long and uh, they get known very quickly as someone who doesn't follow through with what they promise to do. And you don't want to be one of these kinds of people because uh, it's, uh, it, uh, it practices you in a way that uh, you, uh, are, you become uh, lame. You become lame and you can't. And then you say, oh, I just can't do it. I can't do it because I'm not capable of doing it. I can't finish. I can't ever finish with what I start now. There is a way to turn this around so that you can become someone who is able to follow through on something. Yes? And like that, if I'm talking to you tonight, listen carefully. Because there is a way for you to be able uh, to uh, set a time for your meditation practice and Yes, as soon as you get up from your meditation, this is in your previous session, as soon as you get up from your meditation, congratulate yourself. Congratulate yourself for keeping your commitment. And like that, keep doing commitments that you can accomplish. And in that way, you become trustworthy to yourself. You become trustworthy to yourself. And you regain you regain your pride and you regain uh, the status of someone who follows through on what they say they're going to do, like that. And uh, like that, practitioners have periods of going back and forth between uh, uh, being someone who they themselves can trust and someone that they can't trust. However, the benefits of trusting oneself uh, far exceed uh, the uh, the uh, the drawbacks. Yes, like that. Okay. Now, the uh, the uh, uh, medicine, the medicine of your previous of your previous meditation, is now still flowing through your system, and in that way, uh, in that way. Uh, your enthusiasm to go and meditate becomes much more grand. Yes? Uh, that in itself is a powerful motivation. And uh, your fallback position from that was that you had a commitment to do it. All right? That becomes the secondary position, your fallback position, and either way, either way, you're going to do your practice. All right? So, when you do meditation, when you do meditation, the reason why uh, people meditate is because they want something to happen in their mind. Isn't that so? They want something, something that they've either heard about or that they have experienced before, they want to have happen again in their mind. Eh. When they meditate, 
they're looking for the benefit, yes? And uh, this feeling, this feeling that comes in meditation uh, comes occasionally, or uh, I'm going to say this feeling comes occasionally. And uh, uh, it takes a long time for most meditators, uh, even in Tibet, even in Tibet and even in Tibetan system, it takes a long time uh, for someone to sit down and they're doing their meditation and they're going through their practice and they are, uh, uh, they are uh, trying to get into their meditation. This is how Americans say, uh, trying to get into it, Rinpoche, like that. And uh, they're trying to get into their meditation and uh, about uh, three-quarters of the way through or nine-tenths of the way through, uh, something is happening. Some kind of feeling is, company, is coming like that. And uh, this kind of feeling where you feel like something is waking up inside uh, has uh, many, different, many different feelings, but uh, you know something is happening. And uh, good feeling is coming. Uh, and... Uh, uh, but uh, here comes the end of the practice time. Yes, it's time to go to work. It's time to uh, uh, it's time to uh, uh, take care of other things. And uh, you you got a little good taste. And for most meditators, I'm telling you, even in the old days in the Tibetan system, that someone who got a glimmer, a feeling during their meditation time felt that something marvelous had happened. Yes, of course. And it not happened at every meditation session. Yes? Or it happens close to the end of the meditation session, that something is going on like that. Now, having said that, the ideal, the ideal situation is that, is that you... uh, bring that time closer and closer to the beginning of your meditation session so that you are feeling something the whole way through. Yes? Why you deny yourself this? You say your mind is scattered and you got to go here and you're thinking about a laundry and you, uh, every, every, uh, every classical, every classical, uh, uh, yes? Every classical uh, uh, error, yes, uh, is made. Your mind, then you feel sleepy, and then you're gonna, your mind is too excited, and then you hear a noise, and uh, like that. Uh, we have uh, many talkings to do about, uh, about specific, uh, specific meditational uh, difficulties. However, uh, uh, this something that you are looking for, this something that you feel is happening inside. You want to put that closer and closer to the beginning of your meditation session. Yes? Now, I'm talking about the time, uh, the time before you even sit down on your cushion. Do do give yourself, do give yourself positive uh, reinforcement. Do give yourself positive reinforcement. And uh, uh, do give yourself uh, a kind of a loving, uh, a loving uh, uh, hug inside, or whatever it, whatever it's taking uh, to feel uh, this is my special time. For Americans, Western people, I'm going to say uh, that uh, yeah, time run different in the Orient. Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, Western people uh, have uh, have much more sense of uh, of uh, uh, breaking up their day into uh, into uh, small increments. Yes, and uh, so uh, the time that you have is your time. Is your time now? Please listen carefully because this is uh, this is really important. The reason why you have not sustained a really strong meditation practice, and I, you know who I'm talking to you, how, whoever you are out there, uh, the reason why you have not yet sustained uh, a strong meditation practice is because, uh, is because 
somewhere, somewhere, uh, you are not uh, as high on your own list as you should be. Hmm? That uh, the work that you have done uh, in your, uh, yes, that your level, that your level of uh, uh, commitment to yourself has been uh, based on how fast you can run, how fast you can type, how many uh, stitches you can stitch in an hour, uh, how many, uh, uh, yes, uh, how fast you can clean the house, that uh, these quantifying, these quantifying uh, elements uh, give you a sense of pride, isn't that? Uh, that you are the uh, you are good at what you do, and uh, also that uh, uh, there is a tremendous amount of pride in being totally accessible. Uh, what they call it, uh, twenty-four, uh, seven, a uh, thirty, and then a three sixty-five, and that your sense of self-worth. Uh, has been very much tied in to how accessible you make yourself to others. And in that way, your, uh, your privacy, your privacy of doing your special practice of working with what's happening interior has been placed uh, aside in lieu of having uh, a spiritual practice of being accessible to others. Yes, I know this is true. Eh. Now, there is something that happens, something that needs to happen in you that does not depend upon this relationship that you have with others. Not everything that you need to be a good person to be a spiritual person depends upon your being accessible all of the time. There is something that has to happen in the privacy of your own being. Yes? It also has to happen in the privacy of a place where the neighbors aren't going to come up on the porch and say, Hi! <laughs> what you doing? Yes? <laughs> Who was it? I'm not going to look directly. Yes. What's going on? Oh, yes, I see. Not, not more than once, more than once. So something about the front porch as being a meditation place uh, doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't exactly suit the requirements. You must find a place. You must find a place uh, in your environs that you can, uh, that you can uh, fix up nicely, that will be uh, your sacred space. That will be your sacred space, yes? And uh, this sense of sacred has your imprint on it. Do you know what I mean? It's imbued with, uh, it's imbued with you, and it's imbued with your, uh, with your needs and your environs. It's all very nice that the neighbor children have brought you pretty pictures to put on your altar or to put in your meditation area, but it needs to have, it needs to have your own uh, private signature. It needs to have that which is sacred. It also has to be a safe place where you're not going to be, uh, you're not going to be disturbed by the neighbors or you're not going to be disturbed by uh, the dog or the cat that wants to come and climb on your lap. This is, uh, this is not a good time uh, to talk about this, but uh, while you're meditating, while you're meditating, uh, the animals uh, should be kept outside. For one thing, should you enter into a profound state, and there's no telling when that's going to happen, you not want to be touched or disturbed at that time, all right? And uh, to have a cat climb up on your lap and go, hey, what's going on? You want to play? 
and you're in and you're in profound communication you're in profound communication in your interior and you crack open one eye and you say go away like that so animals are very attracted by the meditative energy all right and in that way there is something that you have as a human being there's a process that is a human meditation process which they would like to access you will not get your cat or your dog enlightened before you will <laughs> yes or your bird or your bird where's patty patty's not here tonight patty has uh, many many birds she brought uh, it was it was quite okay too she brought uh, many birds uh baby birds uh to the uh to the retreat and she had to go out and feed them i was quite okay with that what she was doing and uh she had to keep feeding them every 3 hours cuz that's her hobby uh but i don't think she i don't think she let the let the birds just climb all over her while she was doing her meditations all right so uh so the uh uh please place them outside outside the the door and uh, in that way how fortunate how fortunate these animals are uh not just uh uh not just to avoid rebirth uh, in uh, difficult uh, places in the world I, for anyone been to anyone travel in the uh outside the united states into third world countries okay so you know what i'm talking about uh, uh they dogs they're dogs and cats too all right uh not just to be a, a dog and cat but to be a dog and cat born in america no a lot of dogs and cats in america not have very good deal how about if they got to be your dog or cat now that's what i call a lucky rebirth and uh, in that way in that way uh they have achieved a very high level just by getting to live in your household eh okay like that this doesn't mean that you let the dog sit on top of your head all right like that like that uh like that uh, people have uh, have uh, getting now understanding about uh, about uh, uh keeping that space uh quiet and uh, sacred now that's your outer sacred space uh on your oh this uh, this not matter this is your sacred space and uh, now now you are preparing a sacred space inside all right you walk into your meditation area and you close the door and mentally it's just like you take off all your clothes yes mentally i hope you heard that mentally <laughs> mentally you just take off all your clothes you take off all of your all of your uh uh preconceptions you take off all of your defenses you take all take off all of your uh all of your anger just take it all off yes uh take it off and uh be uh uh completely you completely you devoid of the uh devoid of uh, any of the uh defense mechanisms uh that uh, keep others this one and uh, make this one come close and make that one go that way and uh, uh all of these kinds of uh, uh control issues of uh of trying to get uh, trying to get things done just take it all off take it all off uh maybe this is why maybe this is a lot of people a lot of people have a have a a little shawl or some kind of a little cloth that they keep in their meditation area and uh uh just to sometimes it it come as a a feeling good feeling just to remind you uh when you put your meditation shawl over your shoulder you don't not have to wear when i don't care that not not really the important thing but if it create a sacred space a feeling of of uh, of uh, something profound is about to happen if it respects you if it respects you and if it respects your uh, your meditation uh uh commitment then do it all right like that uh uh now you need to have that sense of sacred space interior and when you have the uh uh when you when you sit down when you sit down and you're moving oh when you're moving toward uh, toward your meditation cushion my goodness 
how many lifetimes, how many lifetimes you have gone through that you never even heard the word meditation. How many lifetimes you have lived in lives of difficulty, uh, poverty, suffering, anxiety, uh, or other states that uh, never even heard the word of interior progress. How many lifetimes you have passed through from beginning to end and never even had a chance to do interior work. How fortunate you are that this is the time that you are going to do uh, interior work. Yes? How lucky, how lucky you are. Eh. Yes? How lucky you are that you are able to experience something that your inner mind has been craving and starved for, literally starved, uh, over those lifetimes when that was not even possible. Yes? All right. Uh, You in the West, uh, you in the West uh, have many, many more opportunities, many, many more opportunities to carve out time to do the things that you want, yes? Uh, you know, I, I we're sitting here, uh, I can see out the window at this uh, lake of Mauna Mauna. Huh? Mauna Mauna. Mauna Mauna. The lake. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, there are some fancy boats out there, you know? And uh, people who own fancy boats tend, tend to be people who have uh, money. Isn't that so? Oh, and uh, people with the money often are very busy people. Yes? Why is it that they have time to go out in their fancy boat? Why? They're busy, busy, busy all the time, and yet they have time to go out in their boat. Because it's important to them? Yes? They made time for it? Well, good thinking. Yes? Oh, bless them, whatever they're doing. Enjoy out there. That's right. And uh, like that, like that, there's always enough time to do the things that you really want to do. Yes? There's always enough time to do the things that you really want to do. Mm. How fortunate, how fortunate that you are to have been born in a society at this time and this place, all of you with good educations, all of you with capacity, uh, capacity to learn. All of you who had good nutrition when your brains were small and you were, and you were like a little vegetable. And uh, your mother, your mother gave you like a strained beef, and uh, and uh, she gave you every bit of nutrition uh, according to the formulas like that. The doctors say you must do this, and they followed it carefully, and you create and and you grew up with correct nutrition so that you could sustain a good healthy body and that your brain cells developed uh, properly. Now, you've got to put those to use because now is the time when you are able to do practice at the time that you are able to receive the instructions on how to do practice. That is when you should do practice, yes? It not matter whether you are 15 years old or 50 or 75 years old. It not matter as long as you are, as long as you still have some of that, there's a possibility uh, to be able to, uh, uh, to do uh, uh, something marvelous, to make, the, uh, to make something happen, all right? How fortunate that you are have to, to have been born a human being. How fortunate that you are to have been born in this time and this place. How fortunate that you are that, uh, that others support and, uh, and are happy that you are meditators. They're not, who cares? If they care, if they care for you and they say, I am so happy that you are doing meditation. I am so happy that you are finding uh, something good happening in your meditation, then be happy about that. All right? 
if you get the opposite, then use it as use it as a a, a teacher in the reverse. You say, "I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to be like that." Yes. Sometimes having sometimes having a, a difficulty person around uh, works. Uh, for some people, it worked better than having some nice person saying, "Oh, why don't you do this uh, like this?" And uh, and we have everything set out for you. I bought you a nice cushion, and uh, and here's your here's a, here's your own private space. And we're thinking about uh, we're thinking about building you a a little house in the backyard like that. Yes. Uh, sometimes come like that, really, and uh, that one glories in that in that, huh? And uh, the other one, uh, the other one says, uh, uh, yes, uh, the other one says, uh, uh, now you stop what you're doing and uh, uh, you do this because uh, this is more important for you to do than to sit, uh, to sit on your duff like that. <laughs> I, heard, I heard someone say that once. And uh, like that, they have uh, uh, that one, that one who is the one that is listening. What kind of person is that? Are they a thinking individual? Are they able to make their own decisions? Are they saying, I am so fortunate that I have this opportunity uh, to demonstrate my courage and determination uh, to, do, uh, to do my practice. Either way, either way, you win. Uh, the great Atisha uh, uh, in the uh, 11th century uh, uh, came into Tibet from India uh, at a great difficulty, a great difficulty. I'm not going to tell the, tell the story of Atisha, but uh, uh, had been requested to come to Tibet, the greatest teacher of Buddhism in India. And uh, the Tibetans who had had uh, Buddhism in Tibet for some time, yes, uh, oh, the, who had uh, Buddhism in Tibet for some time, uh, required a new transfusion that a lot of errors had crept in, and so they uh, they sent uh, they sent uh, uh, their like their their secret Buddhist army down to grab Atisha away from and take him away uh, and bring him to Tibet to teach the Tibetans. All right, at great difficulty, he wasn't that young, and so uh, so he brought. Uh, he, yes, they said, anything, anything that you want. He says, well, perhaps I'll take my cook with me. And uh, so Atisha's cook came from India because the Indian people like Indian cooking, and they, were, they, they brought Atisha's cook along. And uh, a number of Tibetans who were like, uh, considered to be very spiritual, uh, who were accompanying, imagine, imagine, and uh, very early time, and uh, magnificent but hard travel, and... Uh, uh, these uh, uh, highly motivated Tibetans who are accompanying Atisha uh, to Tibet, uh, along with the Atisha's servant and uh, his cook, like that, and uh, uh, the the uh, Tibetans began to get a feeling that uh, Atisha's cook wasn't the very nicest person. <laughs> yes, and uh, the cook was in fact a terrible person, terrible personality, just a complaining all of the time and uh, uh, not nice, not nice at all. And uh, yes, and uh, like that, like that, uh, uh, they arrived in Tibet and Atisha's cook got worse and worse. He complained about the, about the weather in Tibet, which isn't that great, and, uh, and he complained about everything. And uh, pretty soon uh, uh, the Tibetans got together and uh, they started taking, uh, passing the collection plate uh, uh, with the money uh, to uh, give to, uh, secretly give to Atisha's cook and send him back to India, like that. They couldn't tolerate him. And these are, these are practitioners, right? And, uh, and the cook was always around and always complaining, and they thought, let's get rid of the cook. Let's, uh, let's give him what they call a golden umbrella, like that. What they call that? A golden parachute. We're going to give him a golden parachute like that. I heard that uh, these uh, anyway, and we're going to buy him out. And we're going to send him send him back. And uh, uh, Lord Atisha got uh, got wind of this, and he brought these people before him, and he said, "Why are you sending my Why are you sending my cook Why are you sending my cook away?" They said, "Well, like this, so high respect." They said. Uh, uh, he causing he causing so much trouble, and he giving you a lot of trouble too. 
He's always complaining to you, and he's always giving you trouble, and he's giving us trouble too. He's just a terrible person. Please let us send him back to India. And Atisha said, what? And deprive me of my treasure of patience? You will not deprive me of my treasure of patience. And that's exactly what he called him. He called him a treasure of patience. Everyone else was so kind and so comfortable. And only the cook, only the cook gave Atisha trouble. And like that, he was Atisha's treasure, like that. Now, perhaps you have a treasure of patience in your life. <laughs> yes? And uh, actually come very helpful, come very helpful to think about it that way. And uh, yes? Okay. Now, uh, so either way, either way, whether you are giving, whether you are uh, uh, having something that is marvelous going on and everyone supports you, or whether you are being given a difficulty, uh, remember you not have, uh, you not have Atisha's uh, uh, enlightenment level. So uh, try not to work too hard with that concept, but it really does help. It really does help. So uh, think about it a little bit. And, uh, and in that way, and in that way, this uh, going back now, I, I carefully step back uh, to the creation, to the creation of your inner sacred space. The elements that need to be brought together, that need to be brought together to create uh, to create uh, this uh, uh, marvelous state of mind, marvelous state of mind. Yes, uh, we in uh, we in Tibet uh, were uh, uh, sort of mental scientists. I'm going to say mental scientists, and uh, whereas uh, the physical scientists uh, are more prominent in the West, and. Uh, in that way, in that way, you could have a little beaker of, uh, of uh, some chemical compound. That's right, here. And I have a state of mind. Now, which one is more real? Which one is more real? Huh? Which one? They're both real. They're both real. However, uh, you in the West have concentrated on this, whereas we have concentrated on this. Yes, what we have are the creation, maintenance, falling away, and recreation of states of mind, states of mind. How do you gain a state of mind? How do you gain a state of mind? Do you just stumble on it by accident? That's what most people do in meditation. They sort of, uh, they sort of uh, uh, flail around and uh, 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 they don't even know how to move their mind. You're not moving your minds, are you? Okay, you've got to move your mind. You have to gather elements and you have to create a state of mind that is commensurate and uh, purified, ideally, that you can work on gradually, a state of mind that you will be able to use to build another state of mind. And uh, these uh, sets of states of mind are... Uh, well, it depends upon the elements that we're putting together. There's all different kinds of states of mind. Oh, a specific state of mind. They are reproducible, and you must learn how to reproduce them, and that is what I teach you, so that you can do something with that state of mind. That's what meditation is. Yes? All right. I worked over the weekend uh, with a group that... Uh, that uh, was able to, I swear, I could have just, uh, uh, my mouth, each and every one of you that was there this weekend was able to sustain, bring yourself through the talking that I did in what this meant, this state of mind. We gathered the state of mind, and I said, now, 
you put a bookmark there and I want you to hold that state of mind and they could and I talked further and I said now go back to that state of mind I talked a little bit about something else I says go back to your bookmark and they did it you you all that were there you did it I was so proud of you I was so proud of all of you yes and I checked the next day and they could still do it. So there's something, there is something uh, between uh, the way that this is, uh, yes, like that. There's something about the way that this is, uh, the way that this is happening for you. The way that this is happening for you, I don't talk to my Tibetan students in the same way as I'm talking to you. I teach them in a different way according to their context. Yes? teaching you Western people in a way that you're able to understand. Yes? All right. Now, you are trying... <clears throat> I'm looking at a way for you to be able to gather, to gather elements together so that when you sit down for meditation that you are able to induce, create a certain state of mind that allows you to move into the first element of your practice and even better than that something that respects yourself and respects your interior process so strongly that you have the uh, yes that you have the enthusiasm of a good practitioner who would, yes, uh, this kind of uh, uh, this kind of motivation? Don't be afraid to gather and sustain uh, this uh, state of mind that has the enthusiasm, not like a wild, not like a wild, or like a, like a, an excitement, like uh, going on a ride at a Disney World, like that, where you're practically uh, like that. No, it's a sustained enthusiasm that comes from uh, the intelligent one, uh, sustains uh, uh, an enthusiasm uh, that allows them uh, to access uh, resources, resources uh, that they thought they would never be able to reproduce. Yes? Okay. Any questions so far? Any questions so far about this? It's an important subject because it's your it's your it's your lifeline to your to your meditation practice, really. Hmm. Yes. All right. Let's go on then. Uh, this. Uh, Yes, I've given you now, I've given you now some of the elements. Please enter into, yes, let's try it a little bit here. Please enter into uh, some of the ideas. Let these ideas percolate. Let's get them effervescing. We're not doing a meditation that, uh, that to squash you down. We're doing a meditation that allows you to rise up energetically in a pattern that is commensurate with the enlightened state, ideally but that this state of mind that I'm looking at uh, is something that is, uh, that is, uh, uh, has uh, what elements? Help me. What have we talked so far? Yes? Feel it. Feel it rising. Feel it rising. The enthusiasm to do meditation and identify some of the, uh, some of the elements here. Let it let it percolate. Let it percolate and uh, effervesce in your in your own uh, continuum. I feel what? Honor. Huh? Honor. Honor. You feel like honor, like you're honoring yourself. I feel yes. This sense of self-respect, honor. Yes. What else is coming up? Gratitude. Gratitude. You feel who said? Uh, gratitude to. 
say say as much as you can because uh, because this is this these are the nuances these are the nuances that uh, that allow you a sophistication so that your practice is uh, is complete yes gratitude to the circumstances that allow the practice but also yes. to to have um, risen above the inertia yes uh, gratitude that has that has allowed me for being able to rise above inertia inertia yes my goodness uh, getting you going, getting you going in a meditation practice is like, uh, and sustaining a meditation practice is a little bit like, uh, like uh, rolling a boulder uphill, like that. <laughs> Inertia is always there waiting for you. As soon as you, as soon as you, as soon as you stop pushing and uh, you step away from your boulder, where is it going to go? How far down? It's hard to know. Yes? Uh, but uh, the, uh, uh, you can like uh, lean against your boulder for a while and I don't know have something to drink, but don't let go of your boulder. This is the this is uh, really analogous to the uh, to the internal to the internal enthusiasm that always is ready to go and meditate. Yes, this feeling of this feeling of like that, not going out, not going out, but there's a mental there's a mental push there's a mental push that you have all of the time as though you're just waiting to have the chance to go and meditate. But your time, you know that at 4 o'clock or whatever, like that. Although, yes. Uh, and uh, so this, this kind of, uh, you're, you're releasing, you're releasing the holding pattern of it, and now you're going to go into the active pattern, right? So it's always there. What other, what other elements are there? Yes, Yangzhou. Joy and peace. Good. Joyful. Joyful brings you a great deal of this state of mind. Joyful state of mind. Yes? All right. Yes. Proud of myself. Yes. Proud, <laughs> proud of yourself. I'm doing good. I'm making progress. I'm making something happen. I'm bringing, uh, I'm bringing something glorious into, uh, into my life. Yes? Feel it. Feel it in your own. Feel it in your own mind. Yes. Come Anticipation, very good. Let's leave it at there because anticipation is uh, is the uh, is the key that propels you uh, from the uh, from the the ordinary the ordinary aspect of your world. Anticipation brings you and sits you down on your cushion, and you begin the first line of your uh, of your uh, of your sadhana of your meditation practice. And like that, you have a, uh, uh, yes? Uh, And like that, this anticipation, this anticipation uh, is what allows you, uh, allows you uh, to uh, uh, feel that something is imminent. Something is imminent. (coughs) Yes? Uh, And uh, like that, like that, uh, you you do your practice carefully, but you don't have uh, any extraordinary uh, strictures that you are placing on it. Yes, something could happen, something marvelous. I'm going to go and sit for meditation. Yes, now you are in control. You don't quite have it yet. You don't have it yet. We need to we need to keep going. We need to keep going. Uh, what are some of the other elements? Some of the other elements. Please think, please think as hard as you can. I want you to come up with the state of mind that is saying, I am going to meditate. I am, something could happen. Something could happen. What is that? Awareness. Awareness. Uh, say more. Say more, Sheriff. It's just awareness and um, discrimination that you're aware of your inner and your outer being and you're going into the meditation. And you are now... You are now closing doors to the uh, outer environment. You have walked into your meditation space. And so those doors, some doors have to be closed in order for other doors to be opened. And in other words, uh, yes, uh, you, you need to have, you need to place your, uh, your body in a state of quietude. I not mind if you put a... Uh, 
uh, what they call these, a barca lounger. You know what that means? I, I know because I lived in New York. I know barca lounger. <laughs> uh, uh, one, of these, uh, one of these chairs that go back like this. I don't care if you need that to do your meditation carefully. You not have to, you not have to twist your legs up into a pretzel. Would that, would that make you into a yogi or some kind of a yogini? No. You find a way that comes, but not to, when you, oh, anyway, you can ask, you can ask about the placement of things like that. <laughs> Don't make it so comfortable that you fall asleep. And that place, that, if you choose a chair, if you have a chair that you meditate in, you will not use it any other time. Those objects that you have in there, that is your meditation chair, and that's that. All right? Okay, even if you have to cover it up so people not go plop themselves in it. All right? That's your meditation space. Respect yourself. Respect yourself. Respect yourself. Something marvelous could be happening. You, you know they have the, uh, in the, in the historical, in the historical, which is nice to think about, there will be 1,000 Buddhas, 1,000 Buddhas, like a Shakyamuni Buddha is the fourth of the thousand uh, world Buddhas. The fourth. That was 2,500 years ago. And uh, the next one will be called Maitreya, Maitreya Buddha, who is uh, even now preparing, uh, not, to, not in your lifetime, if they still say long, long time before Maitreya Buddha, because the the teachings of uh, Lord Buddha Shakyamuni uh, are still in are still in this world, and they're vibrant and they're alive. And uh, so, a long time will pass. Uh, a long time will pass. There are nine hundred and ninety six open slots. Yes, nine hundred and ninety six. Only a few of those have already been taken and promised. All right, but uh, so let's say okay. Let's say let's say eight hundred. Let's say eight hundred. Because there are some, there are some enlightened beings who have already uh, are in preparation to be a world teacher like this. All right, it's already been prophesied a long time in the future, but it's important to us. All right, let's say there's 800 open slots. Yes. While you were goofing off, while you guys were goofing off. <laughs> Lord Buddha Shakyamuni, Lord Buddha Shakyamuni, uh, found his uh, found his balance, found his meditation cushion, found his internal development, and he got the highest, the highest level. While you all were just goofing around, you could have been in the next town. You could have been in India two thousand five hundred years ago, and you decided to go chase the cows out in the pasture. And you, someone said, "Let's go. Let's go see. Uh, there's someone. There's someone who's attained enlightenment." You go, "Eh." You could have even been there. You could have even been there, but you missed it. You missed it. Now get your fame. Now get your fame. All right. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that uh, that these are 800 slots like that. But who knows? Who knows if one of those slots would be saved for one of you or all of you? All right? Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Remember, now that you have found your meditation cushion, there could be someone that walks in front of your house that not know anything about it. They've not heard the name of meditation. Uh, they're going out to chase cows out in the field. They not have this chance. They lazy. All right? Do not be lazy. Be the one. Be the one that actually gains the fame. All right? Why? Because untold numbers of beings will benefit. Yes? Untold numbers of beings will benefit. Imagine, imagine how beneficial it is to reach the first level of enlightenment, the breakthrough that allows you to definitively say, I have seen the nature of reality. I have experienced the nature of reality. I know that I am enlightened. And uh, you come to, uh, you come to uh, gurus such as myself and uh, you say, I have experienced uh, a state of enlightenment. Uh, please verify this. This is very important. This is a very important part. 
And uh, one who has already achieved that state uh, will check and verify or say, you have reached a certain level, but you need to work more, and this is what you need to do, and send you back to your meditation cushion. However, you have achieved something that is marvelous here. Yes? All right. You have all arrived at that state of mind. Now I want you to bookmark that. Don't do anything more. You've all got it right now. I want you to bookmark it. I want you to bookmark it. I want you to uh, examine carefully your state of mind right now. And I want you to place a bookmark there so that you can come back to that state of mind. All right? We'll stop here for a minute so that you can hold it. Yes? Now carefully open your eyes without disturbing your state of mind. You have achieved a powerful motivation. This is the powerful motivation to do careful practice. (coughs) Don't forget now. I'm going to have you go back to it in a few minutes. All right? Okay, now I go on. Uh, The motivation that you have just experienced Uh, is something that is not easy to come by. All right? Okay. Now, yes? Guru's delight. Uh, This is Guru's delight when uh, uh, when, uh, you are able to understand what I'm saying and you are able to uh, work carefully uh, and uh, and, uh, get the point. All right? Okay. Uh, This is a... uh, This is a a good precursor uh, to understanding uh, the next state of mind, which is uh, which is uh, understanding that you uh, which is understanding that there's something that you want to learn, and you're also understanding that uh, uh, the reason why you are doing it is because once you get enlightened, once you make a breakthrough, I say, once you make a breakthrough, the breakthrough that you will be, you will be the one who will uh, benefit untold number of beings. I'm not even talking about the level of a Buddha Shakyamuni. I am talking about uh, uh, the first level of enlightenment, which is understanding reality. I'm talking about someone who understands uh, uh, what it means, what it means to have a precious human rebirth, who feels that they have potential that they have the potential to actually do it. And I tell you in addition that you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And in that way, let's look at it again. I want you to... uh, Yes? Okay, let's not wait too long. Uh, Carefully uh, reconstruct the state of mind with your bookmark. Let's do it now. Uh, For auspiciousness sake, I'm going to say that you were all able to use your bookmark. All right. Uh, some of you, some of you are uh, rank beginners, and so uh, so your mind is at a bit of it like this. Uh, but I would say there are a number, a number of you who are able to uh, to recreate this using the bookmark. All right. Okay. So you've done something. Uh, you've done something here uh, tonight that is uh, uh, yes. You've done something here tonight that is really marvelous. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or on whatever platform you're listening. You can stay up to date on White Conch news and events at white-conch.org updates and can find all our social media links and blog posts as well as these podcast episodes at white-conch.org wcblog. Thanks for listening and don't forget to check out the next episode as we continue our exploration of compassion.